Welcome back to another episode of Survival Worldwide. I am here with the latest evicted castaway who made it all the way 35 days into the show and ended up on fifth place this season. He was the silent assassin, the master puppeteer that was playing behind the shadows and doing a lot that we didn't see in the early stages of the game. And I kind of called it a little bit on the way that it was edited there pre-merge. But Karan, you had a great game and welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, it's... Um... I've been looking forward to, to having a chat with you, but it is bittersweet. I was hoping it would come in two weeks' time uh, after the finale. So, yeah, very happy. I mean, the way the game played out, I, I couldn't have dreamt of of playing a better game. Uh, so very happy from that perspective. But the, the competitor in me is, is obviously weeping on the inside that I didn't get all the way to the end. I can imagine, and you kind of, you know, on your excerpt there, you said that you would love to be remembered as someone that was at the upper echelon of game players, someone that wasn't just uh, a one-trick pony, but really was a well-rounded player that did quite a lot in the game. Um, so clearly, you're someone that has watched the show before, and there's certain players that you would have respected coming into the show as well. Were there certain players? I know that you never want to come in and be the next Tony Vlachos or the next that type of player, but were there certain players that you sort of looked at prior to coming into the show and you thought oh, i can learn a little bit from this i can learn a little bit from that and i'm going to try and bring it into the game yeah absolutely i mean it's it's funny how we all gravitate to different players uh, as, mm. as a kid the the player i gravitated to the most was your quan um you know and he's he's also very cerebral likes to think things through logically think about everyone else's optimal movement and play from from that perspective so definitely one that i've, I've always enjoyed uh from survivor south africa i i'm a big vadna fan Love the way he played. So you'll see a theme with, with strategic players. Um, more recently, um, Adam Klein. I, I just love the way he 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 plays, and you know, socially, I I love how how he played and his ability to 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 claw, claw himself out of sticky positions and and really play the game empathetically. So I mean, the list is long, and I I could go on and on, and we could talk for hours about you know some of the the real golden players in in Survivor history. But those are the three that come to mind. All, all great players, all players that I respect very highly as well. So you get the A-plus approval from me, from one fan to another fan, uh, by Thanks, mentioning Chris. those players. Um, now, also sort of looking into the game that you ended up playing, going out there in the beginning, it was quite interesting in the early stages, you formed a bit of an alliance with Carla and Mike Laws, but you never really got to play the game with them any deeper than that. Um, that relationship that you formed there with them, were they players that you thought you would go pretty deep with in the game? Um, where was the, those two players sort of fitting into your plan with the likes of Tyson and Inesu, who are the players that you were pretty close to as well? Yeah, so... I was gutted when I saw Carla leaving. Um, I definitely think had had that. Just imagine the the season if they decided to get rid of Chappies and Carla was around. Like I think her and I would have gone, um, you know, as, as far as possible. I think she would have rivaled Tyson for who my closest ally was. Her and I were exceptionally close. It was funny uh, in the early days. She, she we were sitting on the beach and she was like, "Kieran, can I tell you a secret?" And I'm like, "Yo, Carla, what is it?" She's like. I'm a super fan. I'm like, Carla, it is so obvious. It's basically written on your forehead. And we had a good chat. I'm like, you're not that slick if you, if you, th if you think you're hiding that. Um, so it was really gutted to see Carla go. Mike also, like Mike and I, Mike was probably the first person I made an alliance with um, back at Vuna 1.0. And it was just, it was his humor that, the, that, that stuck out for me. I was like, here's a guy who, who wants to have fun and, you know, isn't afraid to ruffle feathers. The thing that became very apparent with Mike is that everyone was on to him as, as a strategic player, and there, there was this perception that he was playing the game hard from day one, whereas I just 
thought it was just him being a disarming rogue, really, more than anything else. So, you know, it, it became a theme in, in how I played the game, but I, I quite quickly and effectively managed to distance myself from them. I had a close relationship and wanted to play with him, but um, yeah, people, people towards the end weren't certain, and I think that I convinced them that he wasn't a person of interest in my eyes, but he really was. Now, you mentioned there that Carla was someone that you very early on picked up, was a big fan of the show. We quite famously now know that Renier was a very big fan of the show, but he heard it from people in the game. Were you ever some, because I know you got close to Renier after that first yeah. swap, were you ever sort of suspicious of his level of fandom in the game, or was he really that good at masking it while playing? He was excellent at masking it. So I knew Renier was a good player. I did not realize he was a super fan. I think if he had tried to pull what he did with Chappies, I would have, uh, then I would have known something was up. But I knew that um, I couldn't quite figure out why Rainier was cast. That's how I always tried to look at people. Why were the producers cast, right? Um, and with him, I'm like, okay, it's clear he's, he's physical. Um, he's a well-rounded person. So it could just be that he, 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 he would go far in the game. If you have to simulate the game a hundred times, 80% of the time, Rainier's that merge. Um, I never got his, his level of fandom, but I, I, I did ascertain that he was in control. You could see just the way people responded to him at camp. Kian would always try to give him extra food. You know, um, whenever people were discussing something important, they'd be like, where's Rainier? So there were small things that told me this man has a good grasp of, of, of his alliance, but I never knew that, you know, this is a guy who's watched every season like twice over. Now, that period of the game where you got swapped into Vuna 2.0, that was really a time where yourself and Tyson and Anissa, you guys were at the bottom and sort of at the mercy of the original Zumba members there. Um, but it did look like you were one of the players there in the early stages that integrated probably better than some of the others with that main group um, of Zumba members. What is it that sort of, what, what strategies were you using and what did you use to gain that sort of level of um, sort of trust from them? Because they brought you in on the Teresa vote um, and they were quite open in regards to what their strategies were so I was quite impressed by that and would love to know a little bit more about behind the scenes how you sort of ingratiated yourself with them so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a deep extrovert I, I I love people and getting to meet them so so when I, I operate best when everyone is new to one another because you know I can disarm people with humor I, I like to be the center of attention the class clown and that's pretty much what I was doing so it was the, the the original Zamba guys were quite great in the sense that they, they came into camp, even though they had a six strong majority, they're like, this is your camp. So you, will you guys please, you know, take us around, show us how things are done. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll be, you know, I'll be your tour guide. And that really allowed me to start building relationships. Um, I'm a curious person by nature. So I always want to understand, you know, who are you? What's your life story? You know, and so that very quickly allowed me to form bonds. Uh, Marisha, it doesn't come out enough in the season. She is hilarious. So, and she has a, a really wicked, dirty sense of humor. So her and I were just like, just off the cuff jokes that just could never make air. That, 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 that was like our, our main um, uh, sense of interaction. Rainier, he, he works um, at a petrochemicals company here in South Africa that I know quite a bit about. So funnily enough, we started talking about his job and I, you know, and, engineering stuff so so that's how it was it was these really personal connections and just i i know quite a bit about a lot so a little bit about a lot which allows me to engage you know marisha's husband and her own a farm 
I know a bit about agriculture, so we spent hours talking about the irrigation system. Um, yeah, so it, it really is just getting to know people at, at a deeper level and, and making them really aware of who I am as a person and not as a player. So all the, people must just forget Kieran as a player. They must be like, Kieran's a cool guy. We enjoy chatting to him. He should stay. Um, and that really was my strategy. It's, it's, we want, especially in those early days, we want, we want Kieran around because he's just a nice chap. Now, around that time where you were showing them around where the well was and everything, I sort of remember that was also around the time that Tyson went off while you were distracting them to go and find the idol. Was that a planned thing or did it just sort of organically happen in a way where Tyson went out to go find the idol and then he sort of comes to let you know afterwards or did you guys plan to sort of split the group up so that he would have an opportunity to go and do that? So so I actually... At that point, I didn't know what Paul had told him. I know, I know Paul had said something. So it was just fortuitous that at, at a random moment, he went to, to go and get the, the idol. And I think if I remember that episode, at some point, I'm like, hey, guys, where's Tyson? Um, you know, and pretty much letting the cat out of the bag un, 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 unwittingly. Now, on the topic of Tyson, you know, we can't have a conversation with you without bringing Tyson up because the, this was really the season of two pairs, right? It was uh, Santoni and Chappies on the one side, and then you had yourself and Tyson on the other side as the, probably the two uh, biggest duos of the season. Uh, and obviously, there's a little bit about yourself and Tyson both going to the same high school. Um, but outside of that, what is it sort of what drew you to Tyson um, and wanted you to sort of work with Tyson throughout the, the whole season? And tell us a little bit about what the dynamic was between you guys and how you made decisions. Um, I would be quite interested in that because it wasn't always clear on the show in regards to sort of how you came to your conclusions and, and who sort of took the lead on certain things at certain times. So it'd be good to have a little bit of a better understanding of that. Yeah. So, I mean, Tyson and I did go to to the same high school, but I think it was five or six years apart. So we never were at school at the same time, but we like, it, it was a great conversation started like, Oh yeah, I played football. You played football. Was this your coach? Oh yeah. It was, that was my coach too. Um, so that was the foundation. And, and Tyson was definitely someone in the early days where I was like, cool, I'm, I'm keen to, to work with this guy, but he, it was almost secondary to, to a Mike and Carla. And it was, it was really after the, the first vote at Vuna 2.0 where, where Tyson played, his idol that we really really started getting close and it was it, a lot of it was re how tyson was receptive to me and my ideas that i was like wait hang on i think we're onto something great here so m me telling him to go speak to rania you know and and telling him this is the plan we're going to get people to think put votes on me but it's going to be at that point it was going to be dino um that we wanted to get out and then after a while he was like actually i want Teresa out so and then i was like cool let's let's do that because i was very fluid at that point i'm like i'm happy to work with anyone there's enough time in the game to build relationship and the person you're voting out isn't getting sent to the jury so it doesn't really matter and so from those votes we really worked had a great style of we both put our ideas on the table and whatever worked best for us collectively we went with and there was never a point where i felt worried about putting a name in front of Tyson and about that potential backlash, which is generally how you do feel in other alliances mm. that I was in, I'd be like, Oh, I can't say Anella's name because it, it might be a bit of an issue with Tyson was really open cards. And I mean, there must be something in the water in Zamba because once we went to Zamba 3.0 and I mean, we were in the majority, but coming back um, to, well, getting to Austin dealer after merge, we were just so tight and and i don't i don't know why it's, at some point it just 
it just evolved to this thing of like, okay, cool. It's, it's, it's me and Tyson. It, it was very, you know, like the best friendships. It, it just, one day you wake up, you're like, oh, this is my best mate. I don't know why it, it just happened. Yeah. Um, and there, yeah, there was a, a real level of trust. And I, I think for me, there, there's a, and I'm sorry, I'm, I know I'm going on with this, with this answer, but there was a point at Zamba 3.0 where I was saying, we need to get rid of Santini. And, and Tyson was saying, no, I want it to be Dino. Where I took a step back and said, you know, it's, uh, optically, I'm Indian, you know, and, and he's black. And I was thinking of Tevin and PK and what went wrong there uh, in, in yeah. season six. And it was and it was Tevin not listening to 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 PK in his ideas. And I'm like, I'm going to step back. A lot of the way in which the the Teresa vote went was down to me. And Tyson was feeling a bit slighted by Dino. I'm like, I'm not going to invalidate his feelings. And I'm like, Tyson, listen, mate, I I trust you. If this is what you want, we're going to go go for it. And and I really feel. The, me stepping back and saying, Tyson, I trust you and, and we'll go for it. Re- it really was a turning point for us also because it was a case of not only w- would we look at, at um, the most logical outcome, we, we would consider each other's feelings in a vote, which in Survivor is a bit weird, um, but mm. it, re- it really did set us up for a good run. It's an interesting point you bring up there because one of the questions I was going to ask you actually was related to Dino. Why did you go for Dino before a Kihan in that spot? And if you did end up going for Santini, like your your original plan was there, what was your thinking moving forward? Um, because obviously you would have been sort of giving away one of the OG Vuna tribe members at that point, and Zumba was sort of in control in regards to numbers, original Zumba at that point in the game. What was your thinking in regards to keeping Dino um, moving forward? Yeah, so I mean, on a personal level, I I got along with Dino like a a, a house on fire. I mean, you know, Dino is an abs an absolute gem of a person, and I, I really really just enjoyed him. So almost my strategy of I just want to be around, I want people to to keep me around because they like me. It was the exact same thing with Dino, um, and I knew that the the Zamba guys did like him. They were a bit circumspect of him, but they did like him, and and I'd built such great relationships with with the Marishas, Rainiers, Nicoles, that I didn't want my first vote in the new tribe to be a Zamba person because I didn't want to cut that tie. I really wanted to play the middle and get to merge and have this Vuna pocket that I could I, I could go to and a Zamba pocket. I really didn't want us to play along tribe lines, which is what in, ends up happening. Um, and so that's why I wanted Santini gone. Just because I also, like at that point, I knew that Santini was a threat. Um, I think being a super fan gives you the, the ability to also think about why would production cast someone, right? They're not, they're not produ- uh, casting Santini just for her to be uncomfortable on an island. No, clearly she must be a gamer, right? If, if physically I'm looking at her and, and she's also saying she's not a physical threat, well, then she has to be a social and strategic threat. So, you know, and, and I, I did tell her this at uh, Vuna one point. I'm like, because I, one of my strategies was telling it when people said like, "Oh, why do you think you're cast?" I'm like, "Guys, there are not many Indians on Survivor. I'm diversity." And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." And I'm like, "Oh, these guys have no idea what's what's coming their way, right?" And Santini was was doing something similar, and and I, I remember going to Santini and be like, "And I, I know you know how to play this game. That's the reason why why you." And she just giggled at me. Um, so I was a bit worried about about Santini's threat level she wasn't she wasn't aligned with me i mean if carla went and 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 mike went i knew that there was a risk that you know she could turn on the original vunas and i thought that would also um foster a lot more trust with with the with the old zamba guys and that would allow me to play in the middle 
on the topic of Santini, you were somewhat of the Santini whisperer within the, the Vuna Alliance, and you kept her calm and sort of made sure that she stayed the course with you guys for, for as far as you possibly could in the game. Um, and we sort of picked up on the podcast that she seemed to be a very paranoid player, um, someone that gets flustered pretty quickly. But you seem to have a pretty good handle on that. And at points, um, similar to how you with uh, Tyson conceded and let it, made him sort of decide who needed to go home when Dino went home, you also allowed for Santini to make that decision, I believe, when it was Sean's uh, eviction as well. Uh, what is the sort of main things that, you know, what was the secret, you know, sort of ingredient behind being able to keep Santini sort of happy and working with her as far as you did in the game? So it's, um, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So, so the first part, you know, to play a game strategically and to be good at, at strategy in Survivor, it, you cannot do it without fundamentally being good at the social game. Right? And the way I see it, there are layers to it. So the, the easiest layer would be everyone likes me. Right? That means I could potentially go far. Um, I don't rub anyone the wrong way, but that's really the base level. The, the level below that is playing a social game where you start to understand you know, the players' motive, like the, the people around you, their motives, their belief systems, why they do the things they do, how they view the world. And that really starts to give you a sense of how to interact with them. Uh, and that's how I tried to play it, like really get a good understanding of the people I was with and, and, and the context of the game at that point. And by putting the two together, you can almost simulate how you think people will interact uh, and respond to, to the changing dynamic of the game. Now with Santini, I'd taken the time to get to know her and I, I, I could see with, with, with Santini that um, you know a lot of people in the game underestimated her and it's something that I think she's used to in life, but it's also something that frustrates her. And that's something that I could resonate with. Um, you know, like just even in this game, I'm someone who like, played sport my whole life. I'm, I'm quite good physically and continuously would be underestimated in that, especially during the tribal phase of this game. Um, so for me, it was, I, I responded to her and, 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 and spoke to her from that perspective, right? Because I could see the frustration. I could see she was always scapegoated for things. Her paranoia led to people being annoyed with her. So I, I almost tried to, to speak to her from, from that um from that sense of I, I understand what it feels like and I understand what you're going through, um, but I know you're a proper I, I know you're a proper player and I respect you for that and I, and I think that really helped. Uh, another question for you there. Obviously, you know, you, you quite rightfully said you were an athlete. You were someone who could win, and then you actually won two immunity challenges in a row. Was that always your plan coming into Survivor to win immunities after merge that early on? Because obviously, as a big fan, you probably knew that it could put a bit of a target on your back for doing so. And how much did the, the immunity I island sort of play, the whole twist of immunity island, how much did that play into your decision making to really gun for those early immunities? Yeah, so it's funny. Before the season started, I remember um, talking to Larue and telling him, "I'm going to surprise people. I, I, I'm, 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 my intention is to to win a couple of immunities at the end when no one expects it." So I was I was hoping to to go for a run now, especially when when the challenges become a bit more um, varied. So you'll have a physical component, you'll have a mental component. That's when I really thought, okay, cool. I'm 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 good at a variety of things. It, it would it would play to my strength. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I never ever anticipated I'd win an endurance challenge. Like for the first hour of that challenge, I was like, Nico, where's the pizza? I'll come down. Um, and, it, and it didn't happen. And, and, and thankfully not. Um, but yeah, in that challenge, towards the end, I realized, I, when I thought, okay, actually, it would be wise to send Tyson because Tyson coming back and bequeathing the idol 
would let would make everyone think that he has a hidden immunity idol and he's definitely playing it for himself. So at that point, it became an imperative for for me to win because Anesu was playing double agent. So it didn't really make sense for her to um, to say, she couldn't send Tyson without blowing her cover. And then the, the second the second immunity win that was just competitiveness. I'm like. I think I've got this challenge waxed. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to to be on Survivor again. Um, I, I I want to win. And the other thing I, with that is I definitely thought it would elevate my my threat level. But optics really matter uh, in Survivor. And if you if you stand me next to a Chappies or a Rainier or even an Anella, and you say so rank these guys from 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 physically strongest to weakest, or who's the biggest threat from a challenge perspective, I'm not winning that irrespective of whether I've won two challenges or not. So I knew that at the back of my mind, with enough time, people are going to forget. And, and I mean, look, they, they had. Um, and unfortunately, I just couldn't beat Chappies, who is, he would have been ranked first and rightfully so. 100%. And, um, you know, you bring up a good point there. And and one of the things that for me was quite interesting is that Tyson consistently here after the merge was the person who the opposing alliance kept targeting, and he got a lot of votes going against him. What is it that sort of made him a bigger target than you? And how did you sort of manage your threat level in such a way where you really weren't seen by a lot of players as a threat probably until pretty much the point where you got voted out towards the end? Yeah, so... Um, again, it's the optics. So Tyson playing the, the, the idol for, for, for Chappies really makes a difference. And, you know, so great that my, my alliance partner was not a super fan because I don't think a single super fan would ever have done that. You know, put my, me in that position, put Rainier in that position. There's no chance in playing for an idol for someone else and destabilizing seven people or whatever the number was. The first merge vote. No, I'm going to be, I'll be going soon after. But, you know, Tyson, <laughs> Tyson is, is gung ho. So, I mean, you know, power to him and, and it really helped me. So, so that made a big difference. Um, my personality at camp also makes a huge difference. Like no one really ever saw me playing, playing strategically. Like I knew what I wanted to do and I was suggestive in how I approach people. I, I was never really forceful. I mean, even in, in the final six uh, where I put the idea of getting Nicole out, right? I was a bit more forthright, but even the approach of, of how we did it, it's very suggestive. It's, it's very... Um, inclusive so no one really felt like i was ever pushing my own agenda and i mean look we, we could discuss anella's thought process in that there's so many mirrors between what i was offering him versus what anessa was offering him and so the lines are a bit crossed so i, I could never anticipate that he would have he would have viewed the suggestion in that way um and then yeah so it was those two things and then lastly like something that people don't realize is you know for, for a long time everyone talks about tyson and warda as the power couple right and and I'm almost just completely not even mentioned in that. And that mm. narrative comes from me, um, you know, and, and with the with the blessing of Tyson. Um, I was the one who was telling everyone, guys, I know you think there's a three, but if you look at the optics around camp, Tyson and Warda are always together. It's I'm not there, right? And because of, you know, so, so and people were willing to believe that because they always saw me at camp with everyone else. You know, my, my game was I'm no one's best friend and I'm no one's enemy. Like the best friend with Tyson came out towards the end. But before that, everyone was like, Kieran is just this guy who's lighthearted and friendly at camp and he talks to everyone. So when he says, listen, I am not part of this of this power couple, it's believable. Yeah. So, so, so it was, on, it on that note, yeah. 
it's it's interesting you bring that up on that note and i think i might know who you're going to mention but maybe i'm completely off here who was the person you believe was the biggest scalp the biggest person you took out that was the biggest threat for you going into the end game here um so of all the players that are already voted out who was that biggest threat the one that you probably were the most proud that you were able to get them voted out definitely anesu um mm. you know it, it, sh- <sighs> there were two people who i was most worried about that if, if i had to get to the end with would i beat and that was anesu and that was renier um you know b- both socially very strong both very strategic and both were able to to slip people's throats with a smile you know and the person whose throat was being slit was still smiling at them which is exactly how i was trying to play so the moment both of them were out i'm like if i can get to the end i i think i have a shot um so yeah it, it, it was and it was definitely anesu because the amount of graft that went into into that is it, it there is so much that isn't shown and it, it it is actually so fun i mean you you probably know pretty well anesu was my preseason favorite or my preseason winner pick and um i felt like I was wrong about a lot of assumptions about players coming in, and I love being proven wrong, and I love the fact that I made bold calls before the season even started. Uh, but there were two players that I was very correct about, and that was Chappieson and Nesu, and how they played out on the screen. And funny enough, they were my number one guy and girl pick when we did the draft pick. Um, but you know, looking at the Nesu game and how she played, I can see why you guys were very similar in an opposing sort of um, factions within the game. Uh, I'm quite interested because you were close with Nesu at some point when did that sort of disappear and and what happened to make you sort of distrust her when the merge sort of came about so i, I mean i i anesu was on my radar since pretty much day one at at vuna just because like i knew she was a doctor and i i i, I literally only told tyson about her being a doctor the 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 day in the days that we we're going to vote for her uh just and, and the reason for that was she was so good at you know, disarming people, charming people, that if I told her secrets, it would actually make me look bad and not the other way around. So I really kept that secret until, it, you know, it was the right time to strike. But I was always wary of her because um, after that pinty vote, when I saw her crying and everyone was like going to her and like con- con- consoling her, I'm like, it's been four days. Even if this is true, the amount of, you know, sympathy she is getting, this is a proper player and this is dangerous because she is super smart. Uh, so I had my eye on her the the whole time through. And, you know, the great thing about someone like Anesu, all I had to do was think about when would I strike if I was on the other side and just apply that because we thought very similarly. So she was going for, you know, first mover advantage. Yeah, we have, it's six versus two. Now, now's the best time to strike because I would anticipate that a, a, a lazier opponent would strike at six versus one. Um, so I knew that something was up at that point. Now, I know that the fans would definitely not make me get away without asking this question. Obviously, going into these last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of animosity between uh, certain players within the game. Uh, I know things got pretty heated between Tyson and Chappies at one point. Um, you got pretty annoyed with Chappies for for eating food and doing things on his own out there on the island. Um, and two questions here. Firstly, are you guys all okay outside of the game now that the game is done and dusted? And then secondly, sort of, can you talk us through why things on the island just become that much more heated and yeah. everything is just sort of heightened when you're playing a game such as survivor yeah so the first one i think we're all good like i know i'm good with everyone the game is the game right and 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 who you are and how you act outside outside of it is very different like someone like me 
I don't lie as much as I, as this. I barely ever like it, it's not something I enjoy doing. But in the game, yeah, fair play. Um, and and the animosity. So it's weird, right? Like for me, the only thing that really got to me was the was the sweets because like that for me was like outside of the rules. The rice, fair play to chappies, right? It's like it, it, I've seen it before in the game. People do it, and and generally, you know, the where you really face the consequences, either you're going to get voted out immediately or at final tribal council. So you have to weigh up what you're doing. Um, the reason why I think people get so upset, it's not necessarily about does it give chappies an advantage or, or from my perspective, it, it's in the game of Survivor, you, you're thrown into the wilderness, you know, and, and it's this innate quality of, of humans to start to rebuild and create a society for, for themselves. And, and almost what you see is a breaking of the societal code in that moment. It's the closest thing I can I can compare it to is if you've ever had you know had your house broken into. It's it's this, it, there's this. It's not even the fact that things are stolen for, from you that upsets you. It's this someone has invaded my privacy. It's this it's this deep sense of there's just something wrong that it, 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 a line has been crossed. And I think that's how most people felt. It's, you know, we've we've built a society, we've rationed, we've all agreed to these rules. And to have someone break it, that it, it hurts from like someone within our own ranks has, has done this. That's my sense. From a, from a gaming perspective, I think, you know, pa power to chappies. I think it's, it, it's, it's a great move if, you know, like, I personally wouldn't do it. It's not it's not the, the type of game I would want to play, but I can see the merits to it, right? Um, I, I definitely can. And, and in this last episode with with the with the the mussels and and the crabs, honestly, I have no issue with that because if the man is foraging for himself, it is his prerogative whether he wants to share or not. The rice is a different story, and that's why I I look to ration the rice because I'm like this is <laughs> this is communal property here. Let's you know let's ration it accordingly. But crabs and uh, crabs and mussels—that's that's any person's prerogative, um, you know. And and what 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 you would have to weigh up is is how how will a jury view that? That that really becomes the issue at hand, right? It's the exact same thing with Kian eating her her snacks in front of of Warda and Santini. I had no issue with that. I mean, th those were her snacks. Technically, yes. Was it a good move to eat it in front of someone? No. If she had gotten to the end, would have that that been thrown into her face potentially, and that and it's more the longer term consequences of that 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 I I would um, look at. Yeah, I mean we've seen people steal rice before and cook rice away from camp, but normally there's a few people involved in it as well, where you actually share it with other people and you use it as a way to build an alliance. This is the first time we've seen someone just do it on their own, eating on their own. So I, I'm looking forward to talking to Chappies about what his train of thought was, um, obviously, so we can get into Chappies' world. And I think it's going to be a great podcast when we do that. Um, but sort of moving on from that, you know, you didn't end up working with Chappies in this vote. And Chappies was the only person who didn't really have a tight two here because you had Anella and you had Nicole who, you know, kind of had that allegiance because of previous Zumba members. I felt like Anella probably felt like he needed to look out for Nicole to a certain degree and probably vice versa. And then yourself and Tyson, you guys were unbreakable. Um, was there just no sort of way for you to bridge the gap and have a conversation with chappies after the animosity and the things that happened prior to that do you believe that just sort of closed that door um or what was your thinking in regards to not trying to at least make a better offer for chappies and potentially promise him a final three yeah. or something like that because your game on its own was pretty impressive and we'll go into what you would have done versus tyson um at the end as well because i'm really interested in that so i mean 
I wanted to speak to Chappies. Like, I definitely didn't want to leave a stone unturned. I, I, I remember Chappies asking Nicole to, to go have a cup of coffee with him. Like, let's go have a chat. And I'm like, hey, Chappies, when you're done with Nicole, I also want to have a cup of coffee with you. And he just laughed and he, and he, never, and he never actually uh, came back to chat to me. So I definitely want to chat to him. But just from a context perspective, I was single-handedly the reason Santini and Anessa went home, right? Hmm. So there was also a bit of frustration there. And also from a gameplay perspective, the way I saw it, I was in the middle in the wrong way. So if you look at Tyson and Chappies, great resumes, questionable jury management, okay? If you look at Anela and Nicole, not so great resumes, but on the other end, they haven't offended anyone in the jury. So, so they have, you know, they have good jury management. And there I am sitting with... Um, Sorry, my mic's in the way. But there I am sitting with good jury management and a good resume. Like, no one would want to sit next to me is the issue. And the problem was um, I, I, the illusion had broken one or two votes too soon. And, and I, I had really worked hard for people not to, not to think of me in too good a light. And, and unfortunately, with the, with the Santini vote, um, it, there was just too many changing dynamics in the space of like 20 to 30 minutes that it was just hard to compre comprehend where everyone's head was at going into tribal council. Now, the other question I have for you, obviously you and Tyson were pretty close. I'm assuming you would have stayed loyal to Tyson all the way till the end. What would have been your pitch to the jury in regards to why you should win over Tyson if you both were hypothetically to make the final? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question. So, I mean, beyond just the... It, as we were going at this point, I'd started thinking about, okay, if I'm at final tribal council, what's, what's the theme of, of the speech I'm, I'm having? And it was, you know, I'm Kieran, I'm the king of the micro moves. So you get your macro moves, which are playing an idol, winning immunity. I'm like, I dominated the game in all the small deliberate things I did. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share a quick story with you that doesn't make the cut, but is so pivotal in, in the Anesu vote. So the day that Reneers voted out, we have the big blood at tribal council. I don't know if you remember, there was the fresh stop reward where Marisha and Dino went to go push uh, th those polls against Wadza and Chappies. As part of that fresh stop reward, um, we won Biltong, these vacuum sealed Biltong packs. And Rainier had kept his Biltong uh, up until the point where he was voted out. And when he, vo when we vo he got voted out, he actually put his Biltong into the side of my bag as a way of saying, like, listen, sorry for, for the blow up. Uh, when I get to, so, so I'm sitting with this Biltong and I'm like, cool, I'm going to wait until I'm really depleted um, to, to eat this. And then in, this, in the vote for Anesu, what's, what's coming out is like, I really need Anela to, to truly believe that I'm not gunning for him. What that makes him nervous, he needs to really know that he can trust me and that we really want to gun for Anesu. So I use the Biltong as a bit of leverage. And I'm like, um, firstly, I got this Biltong from Renier. He was your mate. He was also someone, you know, I really wanted to work with. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I know you're worried that we're lying to you and it's your name that's coming up. Please hold on to my Biltong for me. You know, it's the, my only source of protein in the game. If, you, if I was lying to you, you get voted out with my Biltong, which is a very stupid thing to, for me to do. If you trust me and, you know, you're still here tomorrow and Anesu's gone, you'll know you could have trusted me. You know I, I want to work with you. And we'll split the Biltong and, and work together going forward. So it's like, they're, they're, and it worked, right? I mean, and we see how much Anela loves food. So it was the perfect person yeah. to pitch it to. But those are the kinds of stories and like the really small deliberate things that I did that I would have brought to, to, to the final tribal council. And I don't think anyone would have been able to articulate it as well as I did because I was very deliberate with the things I did. 
no, next level gameplay to to use something like that and it's a shame it didn't make the cut um, on the actual show um, now I think this next question will probably be a very obvious one and most people tend to say yes but would you play the game again if asked to come back and play Survivor I, without a doubt my, my, my bag I haven't unpacked my bag since I came from the wild coast so I'm I'm ready to go <laughs> And um, you know, lastly, your your sister made the trip onto Survivor as well. Firstly, talk us about how special it was to be able to share that with someone from the family. And then, you know, do you think she'd be wanting to play the game as well? Maybe in like a a blood versus water type of season. Is she a fan of the show as well? So yeah, she's a, she's a massive massive fan, and um, that's actually the reason why she she came on. So I, I was pushing my fiance for 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 her. Well, I was pushing my fiance to to come on the family reward. And, you know, she very graciously said, your sister's a massive fan. So it, it would only be fair that the two of you share this like once in a lifetime experience. Um, yeah, it, it was it was absolutely incredible to, to to see your loved one run out. It's it's the one moment that you can can really break in the game and, and really just enjoy the moment for what it is. I, I must tell you, though, Chris, I, I'm, I really am a gamer through and through. I spend more time trying to canvas with uh, the other family members and, and really get them to like me. Uh, more so than I spend time with my sister. Yeah, well done, you, you Nicole's how... brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, with these family visits, every, the reminder of, of home can really put the best uh, laid plans um, into ruin because people remember, oh, yeah, I have a family. It's, it's not actually about what's ever happening in this game. So it, it was great. And, you know, shame. Poor Peter. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I do want to thank you for your time and coming on the show. I hope that at some point in the future, we get an opportunity to talk a little bit more about Survivor as well. If you're ever um, interested in coming back on, maybe even talking about another show, you know, it's sometimes easier when you're not actually um, playing in the season and you can criticize and judge and be an armchair critic. But from my side, um, I was super impressed by your game and week in and week out as the show started showing us more of your game, as the edit continued to evolve, I just kept you know, improving for me. So from my side, you know, I do hope that we do get to see you play the game again. I do think that you, in my opinion, at least reach that level upper echelon of players who actually played the game, um, especially in Survivor South Africa. Um, hopefully there is an all-star season coming in the near future and your name will be in there as well. Um, this is your opportunity now, Karan. If there's anything else that you sort of want to plug, anything else you want to make fans aware of, things that you're going to be doing moving forward. I know that you sort of mentioned to me, you've got a hidden talent. I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you've got anything planned um, or if people just should follow you on Instagram to see if there's anything new coming uh, up in regards to that. Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. So uh, firstly, yeah, thank you for, for the really kind words. I really appreciate it. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, your commentary through the season, so it means a lot. Um, yeah, people can catch me on Instagram. I, I, I have a, a, a deep, dark desire to, to, to be a stand-up comedian of sorts, and, and every now and then I post some funny content. It, it will hopefully ramp up as, as the months go on. Um, and yeah, I, I do have a penchant for, for talking about current affairs. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about how, how best to, to put that forward as content. Uh, yeah, they can catch me on Instagram. And then yeah, to, to everyone listening, just thank you for all the love and support. And whether it was for me or for another castaway, I think we all appreciate the, the love for the season. I mean, we're, we're all fans and to see the show succeed, I think we'll always take first prize what a what a season like what a cast you know i've said it a few times everybody for me top tier it's going to be tough for me and riley when we do our off-season content because we want to hypothetically do an all-star season i don't know who we leave off to be honest because it's just been such a great season maybe we should just recast the season and and for the first time ever see what would happen if all the players go out there and play another show as well it would be pretty fun to watch um you know i'm a big fan Karen, of that idea yeah 
Yeah, Karen, it's, it's been great talking to you and um, we'll stay in touch and we'll definitely um, have you back on the show in the near future, hopefully. 100%. Definitely, Chris. I, I'd, 